you love midnight movies, don't you? <laughs> but can you handle midnight movies 24 hours a day? Your death will be indescribable. Find out on Black Flag TV. <coughs> the first viral television on the web. Black Flag TV is entirely dedicated to haunting horror, science fiction, and cult movies. Broadcasting live, 24 hours a day, obscure independent movies and classic horror. Make Black Flag TV your sanctuary for the horror genre. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Visit us now, blackflag.tv. Page to screen. From page to screen. Mr. Bannerman. Uh, this is Good like evening to weird, you, sir. isn't it? Because it's episode one all over again. Yeah. Great, though, Which isn't is it? Weird. What did you think of the music? Absolutely fantastic. For those that have never heard of it, it's uh, that was the Pearl and Dean music, which for me was synonymous in cinema sort of adverts and stuff. Oh, true. Pa 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 pa. If over the years it's been a long time since I actually heard that music, but you over the years have actually mimicked it many, many times. Oh yes, too true, too true. Before <clears throat> movies go on, so it it did seem to die out for quite a few years, but I'm I've seen it recently, so the, it is back. It's you know still in fashion. Well, looking at YouTube, actually trying to find mm. that music for it, I was trying to come up with a new theme song for the new sort of multi-episode arc thing. <laughs> And then I thought of you, and I'm like, it's got to be the Pearl and Dean music. <laughs> so I went, I went hunting for it, and you can find 90s remixes and all sorts of that. But uh, the one I went for is obviously the authentic 1970s one. So, you know, here we go. So why are we back at episode number one? Over to you. <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> sorry, a bit of a bad throw. <clears throat> um, as some of you who are kind of avid listeners may know, we finished an arc on video gaming. And um, as some of you may not know, we've decided to start again, but this time charting our history and exposure to movies and the cinema. So this is number one. We're starting back when we were small. We are. I mean, sort of, what was your birth year? And I'll give mine. Mine was 1971, just to give everybody an idea of how old and crotchety I am. Uh, I'm older and crotch- more crotchety. My birth year, I beat you by five. I'm in 1966. Wow. So you were like three when Neither Living Dead came out, or two or something. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it then. No, I, wouldn't, I don't think I watched it until sort of the 1990s or something like that. So episode number one is going to follow a similar format to the video game one. Um, the video game one was, if I remember correctly, our sort of adventures in video arcades. Yeah, which were um, our first exposures to video games, basically. Certainly. So this one will be our first exposure to movies. Indeed. So, And because uh, this is movies and not video games, this is going to be going out on your sort of Stuart and Bob show. Uh, which has been renamed, <laughs> and we'll also be going out on the front page to screen media. So it's going to go out in two different feeds, just because. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Double the exposure and double the fun. Well, it also means I get to be lazy and I don't really have to produce a media show this week. <laughs> so it's not too bad because I've still not managed to find a permanent co-host. 
and with work and stuff like that, it pretty much takes yeah. a lot of the, the podcasting time away. So anyway, swiftly moving on. How are you? Are you doing okay? I'm doing fine. Um, you know, a few problems um, for my better half, should we say, but I'll cover that with you personally later. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, we shall cover that on the uh, the Stuart Bob and uh, Anne show. Exactly. Which will begin episode number one on on Facebook or something <laughs> like that. I think so. It's not too bad, is it? Uh, true. Yourself? How are you? I'm not too bad. I work today, but I'm off tomorrow. So excellent, excellent. You know, yeah, this okay. has been recorded on what date have we got? The 18th of April, and I predict it will be on iTunes on the 19th of April. So yay! See, the day uh, off gives you time to upload it. Well, it's quite weird because some of the I put a post in on Facebook last night saying I'm looking forward to starting a new project with me and with you. Yeah. And some of the people that were clicking like, there was Spencer, who's the host of the MacGuffin Movie Podcast, yeah. which is a show that I regularly listen to. It's an American one. Nice. And I, I sort of use them as a benchmark for mine, so I'm always listening to theirs. And a lady called Robin Coleman, who is the host of the AllHorror.net, show again a big american horror podcast i'm like this is awesome these people are actually reading my facebook status wow so. well, i must admit on twitter i've had a few uh, kind of messages saying oh what's the format of the new show yes says, i can't tell you <laughs> i read those a few minutes ago from uh, from melissa yes she, i saw that tweet that she put out it's like i'm curious to know what it is it's like oh flip him on listen to it then <laughs> somebody else too so did you find this one a little bit tricky because i i did initially thought i'm going to do a lot of research but how can you for when you're about six it's not very easy is you've it? got to have a good memory from your own childhood um mm. i know a lot of people don't uh but i'd like to think that i'm blessed with a mind for trivia one of them being my own childhood <laughs> no you are you are you don't like to think you're blessed with a mind for trivia i've known you for years and you are actually <laughs> blessed with a mind for trivia as i'm sure your wife will be nodding like mad and stuff in the background probably so. yeah <laughs> yeah um, but i looked at a bunch of film i've got a good memory for films that i remember watching as as a child and in the cinema and stuff but if somebody said what how old were you when you watched that i wouldn't know unless i looked it up on imdb and it's like wow i was seven or six or whatever it was i'd have even more of a problem because um a lot of the first films that i can remember seeing in the cinema a i can't actually remember my age or what order they were in i can remember going seeing them yeah, um, but they were all kind of as most kids would be your classic Disney ones. So, you know, you're talking like Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, yeah, yeah. Snow White, all, all that kind of idea. You know, the, the ones that were done kind of forties, fifties, which even predates me. <laughs> yeah, you know, so basically, the timelines for which ones I, I did in which order. That is one thing I can't remember. I could probably name you all the films that I saw and roughly where I saw them. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd see, I'm a little bit different because a lot of the films I watched were on their initial release and they weren't the classic Disney ones. So I guess I'm, I should stop mourning because you've got it a bit more tricky, haven't you? Well, yeah. no, no, <laughs> don't stop mourning. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our own issues that way. <laughs> I mean, what's the first film that you recall? watching at the cinema or that you were told you went to see at the cinema and can you remember how old you were i mean obviously that'll take out a lot of the disney ones and stuff i would uh, this is only an estimate i would guess i would be four or five the cinema involved was one in fleetwood yep um over on the file coast and i mean we're going back to the days when you know most cinemas had one or two screens if they were really lucky <laughs> um and the film 
the, the first one I actually remember seeing properly is Walt Disney's Jungle Book. Wow. So, like I say, I was four or five. You know, I, my memories were just kind of forming properly, you know, so that I would, cons- you know, always remember. You know, those neural pathways were locking in. But, yeah, it, it was... Uh, it was basically a summer holiday we were over there because um, my grandparents had a holiday home over that way. And, yeah. you know, probably would be one evening. Uh, I pr- we normally went to the cinema when it was raining. So, you know, it's basically you can't play out. We're going to the cinema. I think that's one of the differences between you. As we get sort of further down my sort of timeline, the sun could be belting at 100 degrees and it's like, you know what, I want to go to the cinema. Oh, yeah, but I mean, this is as kids. You know, four or five, yeah. you were basically kind of dragged there by your parents. You did, it wasn't a case of you going to mum or dad saying, you know, can we go to the cinema? I want to watch this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> as a kid, you'd be like, I don't even know what cinema is. Yeah, exactly. Case, oh, there's a big place where they show films on a massive screen. <laughs> well, apparently for me, and I, I don't remember watching this, but I, I'm, I think I was told it by somebody or other. Apparently the first film that I was ever taken to see was Jaws. <laughs> Um, I've seen the film so many times, but I can't remember going, you know what, I, I did see this on a big screen, but it was released in 75, so that would have made me four. I'm sure um, it had a higher rating than a year. It was like an A, I think, about it, because this was before 18s, 15s, and 12s and stuff. It was it was U's, A's, double A's, and then 18. So um, it was an advisory. It was an advisory. When I tend to, I tend to. I mean, you said your parents sort of took you to cinema and stuff. My elder brother was probably forced to take me. It would be a case if he'd want to go and watch a movie, take your little brother, because my parents were <laughs> a little hands off. Uh, yeah, a little hands off. They were sort of like, oh, kids again. Oh, why do we have two of them? Yeah. Um, so I think pretty much most of the films that I went to see was because my brother probably wanted to see them. He was about seven years older than me at the time. I was what was the age difference, so yeah. Yeah, so seven years older than I was. He's about 12, yeah, he'll be kind of, yeah, Jaws, want to see sharks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently Jaws was the first film that I saw, but I have no proof whether that's in fact a true story and I have nobody to sort of ask going, was it really true that you took a four-year-old to see Jaws? And that's, it's not one you remember seeing. So what was your first no. one you remember? The actually first one there's a set of about three, and they're all around this 1978, 1979 mark. I remember watching Disney's The Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember watching Disney's Spaceman and King Arthur. Yeah. And I remember watching Grease. Ooh, yes. Uh, 1978, those ones. And I actually remember watching those, yeah. because years later I picked them up on video, and I'm like, I remember watching this in cinema. <laughs> I haven't seen them since. I've seen Grease since, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Cat from Outer Space since. Little Cat comes from Outer Space, funnily enough. Brilliant title for a movie with a little weird collar on and it can talk and stuff like that. So a, a typical kids movie. Yes. Nothing as freaky as Jaws. Oh, no. Um, and then Star Wars, I saw upon its original release. Yes. Um, I do have vague flashes of that, 77, so six years old. I've actually seen every Star Wars movie on the big screen, so that's quite nice. That's good. And on their original releases as well. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's pretty good. Close Encounters, the third kind. I would have been six, maybe, again. I watched that one. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> what? Yeah, kind of, you seeing these things at the age of six, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I was in my teens then, almost. <laughs> 
it's quite weird. It's like when we were doing sort of movie roundtables with Simon, and he's like, the first time I saw Star Wars, uh, the prequel, I watched it on a PSP. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, grief. But it also now is like the way that people make me feel when they're like, I wasn't even born when Ghostbusters was out. You're like, what? It's kind of like Ouch. that for you, isn't it? Whoops. We need to get like an older person on. <laughs> Just so you can get your revenge on them. Oh, I like it. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the cinema? Did you like the cinema? I did. I think probably, um, as I say, my first proper memories were you know, Walt Disney's Jungle Book. I'm probably quite sure that there were others that we went to see before. But probably my age at the time means that I don't really remember them. And also probably that a case of, you know, 30 minutes in, I was probably bored and fidgeting and, you know, <laughs> yeah, as, as kids are. Um, but like I say, my memories from once I do, you know, I've got those logical kind of, you know, locked in. Um, I do have very fond memories of those first, you know, the first trips to the cinemas, um, you know, the cinemas as they used to be, you know, not these massive multiplexes now, but, you know, your small community cinema with, you know, kind of Mrs. Smith from down the roads was the usher. <laughs> yeah, and they actually had the interval where they had the woman stood there with the ice cream tray. See, I remember some films that are the interval, but then the, the intervals went away. Oh, yeah. And then they came back. around it's Somewhere in the 80s or very early 90s, the, the cinemas would think, we're going to do an interval, and it used to really annoy me. <laughs> and I never used to get up, because it's like, nope, I am not moving until that film's finished. Oh, no, those were, um, those were synonymous when, like I say, when I first remember going to the cinema. And, you know, the usual thing of, Mom, can I have an ice lolly? <laughs> Can I have a Cornetto? <laughs> oh, the Cornettos weren't even around then. <laughs> Can I have a Kiora? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I say, the first movies, probably like, say, things like um, Jungle Book, other ones that I remember seeing, just to put yours into total perspective, um, yeah. one of our dinosaurs is missing. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, showing my age. Um, all the Herbie ones. Right, yep. You know, the original one, the Love Bug and all that. Yeah. That's that's a total different meaning nowadays, but we won't go into that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, all things like that, because at the time, some of those, like the Herbie ones, etc., would have been ones that my parents would have wanted to see as well. And, yeah, of course, yeah. like you say, with the, you know, they thought, yes, it's suitable for kids. <laughs> I mean, these were the proper, this was when Disney was, right, it's got Disney on it. It's a family film. Yes. You, you basically, know, if Disney, if the name Walt Disney or Disney appeared on it, you knew that you could take the family to it, not a problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite, I'm not a massive animated fan, but I really do envy the fact that you've seen Jungle Book and stuff on the big screen. I bet that is pretty cool. It was, but of course, you know, we're talking about the non-digitally remastered. <laughs> not yeah, even in stereo, probably. Yeah, I, I even remember all the flickering on the screen as the, you know, basically the film started up. You yeah. know, the, you had the the curtains parted, as you say. You had the Pearl and Dean adverts. Often those would be running before the actual film kind of thing. Yeah, you, know. you may even get a five-minute cartoon. I think on the beginning of some. Um, in the same way that they echoed in Roger Rabbit, if you remember. Well, we, I remember we used to get things like, uh, there was like Disney sort of National Geographic type things, and, and here the Bambi will drink the water, and you know, sort of live action type things for about 10 minutes, yeah. 15 minutes, and sure. then the film would come on. So, yeah. so you know, it's like say you had all those, um, you know, you, you'd get 
the big thing coming up about the British Board of Film Censors uh, and yeah. you know, with the rating and all this. Uh, and like you say, you'd get the scratches actually showing up on the screen as the you know that were on the cell as it went past, you know, yeah. on the projector because it was proper projector then, yeah. Yeah, none of your digital. Let's press a button and we're sorted for screen number twelve. This was some old dude um, actually running a projector. Wasn't this it? was a guy that was sent several reels of film, who would basically kind of. I, I know this because my dad used to do projectionists with. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, you'd basically get on the reels there would be a suggested setting for the volume, but of course you, you'd ten, you'd run it through once quickly to tension the film for your projector. You'd then run it through, wander down into the auditorium and listen to it and think, yep, that's too loud. We're going to have to turn that back or whatever. Wow. And you'd do it that way, and you'd do that for each reel. <laughs> wow. So effectively, you would have to watch the, each film yeah. at least once, wouldn't it? Possibly twice if he's testing it and stuff. Yeah. Did you ever get sort of let in and you could watch these preview types? It was or? before I, before Dad met Mum. <laughs> right. Okay. This is when yeah. Dad was still a single, uh, you know, single man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Now it's all digital and stuff. So it's, you, well, this is it. I, as you've probably kind of seen yourself, because I know when we've been to the cinema and what have you, you know, now they just kind of press a button, put it on, and go and kind of get a drink down in the foyer. You know, often the sound is too loud or too soft you know it's not balanced for the screen yeah so there you go if there's anyone listening you know from one of the big multiplexes i'm naming no names but you know start doing your job <laughs> yes exactly and of course we used to get trailers oh yeah they're sort of putting together the schedules last night going right episode one should be about this and episode two should be about that i sort of uncovered a big bunch of trailers and stuff so i'm going to put them at the end um, and they're all sort of authentic from the time trailers. Oh. Uh, obviously, just audio clips. Yeah. But uh, I had fun listening to some of them. I bet you could have gotten yourself silly. I was. I was giggling because it was like, my God, that sounds terrible. I wouldn't go and watch that now if that was the trailer. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was pre internet as well. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the time, I mean, that's, that is sort of one of the things we'll discuss way, way down the line is what's changed and what's not. But how did you choose? I mean, sort of aging yourself slightly. Um, still in childhood and stuff. Did you get to the point where you would go on your own to the movies, or were you pretty much always accompanied up to sort of like a certain age type thing? I would probably say that my first solo ventures would have been around the age of eleven or twelve. Yeah, similar to me, I think. And um, it's just like you say, you know, you, it, by that time you're at senior school, so it's a case of you've got friends, and it'd be a case of although there wasn't the internet, you'd still have. You know, things on television then, perhaps saying about, you know, coming in, you know, this is coming out. You know, way back then, I think it was Barry Norman that used to do kind of, you know, the film reviews. <laughs> it was, I used to watch it. I did that for a long time, yeah. didn't I? But, you know, you'd get some kind of information on what was coming out. It may not be kind of the months in advance that we have now. But, yep. you know, it'd be a case of, oh, you know, Sean Connery's got a new one out. And I remember going and seeing um, Hunt for Red October that way. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's because Sean Connery, ooh, great, let's go and see that. And again, that was a local cinema. It had three screens. Uh, yeah. But like you say, the way that you chose films then, again, going back to when I was a kid, you know, often you'd have, uh, strangely enough, they had local papers then. They did, yeah. And in the classified bits, you normally had the listing for the local cinema, you know, showing this week. 
and you get you know the one, two, three screens if you were lucky. The, you yeah. know what films were on, the rating of it, and the show times. You know, so you'd normally get like say a matinee performance and one in the early evening, one in the late evening. And um, like say if it was like two or three screens, you know if you were lucky you'd get like one kids one, one that would be kind of you know for about twelve year olds, and then you'd get an adult rated one. I'm not talking yeah. about porn. <laughs> no, no, just uh, things like I mean, sort of like Cobra and Rambo and all that sort of stuff oh, in later yeah. years, um, Scarface and whatnot. But yeah. uh, I mean, did you? What was your sort of local cinema? There must have been one that you visited more than any other. Tell me a little bit about that one. What did it look like and stuff? I would probably say that the two that I visited most, um, as I say, that I can remember from when I was going solo, so to speak would have been the one in the town, one, well, correction, the one that was in the town we now both live in, which is Rottenstall, yep. yes. um, and also the one in Rochdale, which has since been turned into, I can't remember whether it's a, a bingo hall first and then a pub or what, but you know, again, disappeared. But um, it, it's like, say, you, I think Rottenstall used to have, was it two screens? I think it they was. I mean, up, if it, I think at one point it got up to three, but they were smaller. If it was in the same building that it was when when I sort of lived down here, yeah. kind of uh, the big pillared building. Yes. Whatnot. Nobody else will know what we're on about, but uh, it was. Yeah, it's like nineties. It closed down. I mean, the last film I remember watching there was Terminator Two. Yeah. Um, and that would have been about ninety-two or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I had a couple of screens in there. Yeah, but I, I, I seem to remember. Um, in the later days, you literally went in through the entrance foyer uh, and literally bought the tickets at the same place you bought all the concessions, you know, your, your Coke right, and yeah. what have you. Before that, there used to be the ticket, you know, as you went in through the column, column A, you know, where all the columns were, there was a little entrance foyer with your little old booth there with the yeah. old ticket machine kind of thing, you know. Um, that that was originally there, but then, like I say, they moved that to the back. Right. Um, but, uh, like I say, Fleetwood, where I first started, that was your proper old style, where you had, you know, old Mrs. Figgis behind the uh, <laughs> ticket machine, and you know, it was the proper old kind of cardboard tickets with the ka-chunk. I remember them. None of your big sort of little... Oh, no, they, they were smaller laser than... Printer. Yeah, they were smaller yeah. than uh, bus tickets, weren't they? They were little cardboard things, about an they inch were. long and you know, half an inch wide. Yep. And there you I go, I'm in inches well. again, so a lot and of people wonder would... what I'm on about. <laughs> a lot of people, you like, they're... I thought there was always multiplexes, but no, these sort of there was like a metal plate on the on the That's flat it. of the desk, and you would this go, little thing would just kind of pop up, and it would stick out. That's and you'd go, Thank it. You. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you wouldn't even take your ticket; they would hand it. To yeah, you they'd slide it out, wouldn't they? Because and then did they then rip it in half? Give, let you keep your half, or was that just? Oh, that was up? as you got to the actual you know screen yourself. You know, you'd have yep. the person that normally you know later on would be coming around with the concessions, you know, the the ice cream tray. You know, yep. They'd be stood at the door, you know, with the the torch and what have you. And it's a case of you know they check, yes, you are the right age for coming into this. Tear your ticket in half, and like you say, give you the stub, and away you'd go and find your seat. Not- I mean, obviously, you never did, and I never did. But this was back when people could smoke in cinemas. Oh yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I remember that. I mean, this is yeah. it. It's a case of um, as people were doing that, you could see literally because of the smoke in the atmosphere. Um, you've probably seen it on a lot of the old films. You could see the um, arc of the the projector coming down <laughs> yes. through the uh, you know, the projection theatre. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's literally you can almost watch the film on the smoke. I mean, people now be like, "What smoking in cinemas?" Oh yeah, <laughs> they'd be horrified. But no, it did used to go. And you, the thing is, it's like we would we would never allow that now. But at the time, you didn't think that's disgusting. You're just like, hey, people are smoking in cinemas. Not for me, but yeah. never mind. Same here. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> mm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I say, your first memories of like cinemas like that. Uh, I mean, you've me- we've mentioned Rotten Stall and how that was set out. Um, but I know you come from further north, should we say? I come from the cold land. Yeah, so it's <laughs> flipping freezing down here at the minute, but never mind. Yeah, I come from a town which has a population of about fifty thousand, um, just north of Edinburgh in Scotland. And my sort of regular cinema, I was trying to think of the brand name. Was it an Audion? Was it an A? I couldn't. I really can't remember what it is. That cinema's long gone as well. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, it had three screens, and it was a. I would call it a Goldilocks. Um, cinema because it had a daddy screen yes you know a, a mommy screen and a little baby screen so it was your star wars or whatever would go onto the big screen you'd have to go up the stairs for that one yep. and then downstairs next to each other you'd have screen two and three yep um, so one of the tricks that i pulled sort of later on when i was about 15 or something i really wanted to watch a film that i wasn't old enough to watch so i paid for bambi and snuck in to see cobra which was an 18 <laughs> Because it was in two and three. And I still remember the woman going, right, what would you like to watch? Uh, Bambi, please. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I want to watch Bambi. <laughs> if I catch you in another film, I'm going to throw you out. I'm like, I want to watch Bambi. Thank you. I think it was about 14 at this time. Yeah. And uh, I bought a ticket for Bambi and sneaked in to see Cobra. And I, I watched it, but I spent half the time turning around, making sure that the concessions woman wasn't going to come in and catch me. So I kind of saw half and half, but that was the first ever... Oh. 18 film that I sneaked in to see so it's four hours, four uh, four years oh. shy um, but I love that cinema and I used to, around 10 or 11 was when I started going on my own and I'm I'm not kidding I would go literally every week um, films like The Never Ending Story which was 1984 I saw about four or five times Yeah, uh, The Beastmaster which I think was 83 I saw three or four times yep. <laughs> Um, Disney's The Black Hole I went to see uh-huh. um, for some reason I didn't go and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark I ended up seeing that on video in later years but I don't know why probably because my brother didn't want to go watch that at the time because oh. that was 81 what about things like Firefox Firefox I did actually see Firefox yeah that was a double A yep I remember watching that one. I remember as a kid thinking, this is boring. And, oh, look, plane chase. (laughs) (laughs) So when it was all the plot stuff, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, he's just killed somebody. All right, okay. And then the the plane chase sequence when he nicks Firefox, you're like, this is awesome. Oh, it's finished. (laughs) What's all that about? Uh, Tron. Yes. Saw Tron on the big screens. Because my brother was a major science fiction fan, yeah, um, I'd love to chat to him now. I'd rub his face and it go. Met him, met him, spoke to him, got a signed poster of that. <laughs> up yours, pal. Um, I tended to see a lot of science fiction films. Yeah, so I think that was probably my genre of choice because I was dragged along to watch them and I loved them. So all the Star Wars movies and stuff. So, but this is it. it's a case of when we were kids. I know, like I say, I'm you know quite a bit older than you in that respect. But you know, it was literally a case of. A Saturday afternoon, you know, it'd get Saturday morning in case if you'd call your friends up or you'd go on your own and it's case, right, what's on this week? And you, even though you had a limited choice of, say, three movies, you'd always yeah. find one that you wanted to watch. You would, actually. I mean, I discovered a lot 
and I've I've done it in later years where I've just I've not known anything about a film, yeah, which is kind of rare nowadays because I tend to know everything about because you're subjected to it from all flipping angles nowadays, yes. even if you don't want to. Um, but I would go and watch films that I don't really know much about and think that was all Back to the Future I saw. Yeah. Because my brother went to see, I think Weird Science was on Ooh. at the same time. So like screen number three or whatever had Weird Science on and screen number one had Back to the Future. That's a hard and choice. for some reason, <laughs> well, for some reason, he wanted to go and watch Weird Science. I can understand. And for some reason, I wanted to go and watch Back to the Future and I ended up watching that. And I, I think I got the better deal of the two actually on, on you know, as time goes on. But maybe at the time he, he was winning because he got to see Kelly LeBrock in pants. Exactly. Um, Can't fault that. No, sorry, but I knew nothing about Back to the Future. <laughs> um, for some reason, I just thought that looks cool, and I ended up watching it. So um, I've seen a lot of the now classics, the Goonies, Ooh, seen that on the big screen. Um, so a lot of the sort of eighties kiddie films. Yeah, but I mean, this is it. It's a case of then, you know, you didn't have the TV channels that we have now and everything like that. Um, video stores were, were basically unheard of it in our yeah. early early years. You know, yeah. So people didn't have those. So it, it literally was a case of, right, you know, you can you know, go with your dad to the football or you know, out playing on your bike if it's fine, or you can go to the cinema. Yes. And it's a case of, here's your three choices. Like you say, Bambi, Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a dummy run because I knew the sort of, uh, the the three instances I remember of age restriction things. I remember hearing in uh, around late eighty one that Steven Spielberg. But this time I was, I'd started to latch onto people, thinking I know the Spielberg name and I know he does good films because he did Cursed Characters and I really enjoyed that one and so on. I'd heard that he was doing this film called E. T. Yes. And I remember hearing the storyline thinking, I really want to watch that film because I was well into the science fiction type of thing. Mm. And I was so panicky that it was going to be like an X yeah. or an 18 as they would class it now. And I'm like, I don't want it to be because I really want to watch it. It came out and it was a youth. So I was like, yay. So I saw E.T. on the big thing. And that was your um, first um, kind of Drew Barrymore fixation. It was. It's quite weird when people are like, who, who do you quite like? I'm like, I like Drew Barrymore. All right, do you like her in Charlie's Angels? Well, actually, I had a crush on her when she was in E.T. And they're like, that's sick. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was about I the was same age similar, at the time. It was a similar age. I don't watch E.T. now with one hand elsewhere. That's just but at the time, it was like, I like her. She's cute. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first uh, Drew Barrymore crush. Um and weirdly enough, the, the first ever 15 film, which would have been, I think it probably was actually a 15 at the time, was Firestarter, again, starring Barrymore. And I was, how old was I? I was getting excited because the new Rambo film was coming out. I'd seen Rocky Three yeah. at the cinema. Brilliant film to watch on a big screen. I'd seen Rocky Two and Rocky One on video at that time, yeah. or on TV or something. Uh, I remember hearing the new Rambo <laughs> film coming out. But I was six months shy of being 15, Ooh. I thought, I need to see the Rambo film. I've got to go and watch this film. I know I'll do a test and I'll see if I can get into another 15 film. Yeah. And if I can't, I'm all right for Rambo. And that test one was Firestarter. And I got in with that. Well, that's it. If, if you're just a few months shy, you can normally get away with it. Because, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, at 15, what have you got in the way of documentation to prove your age? You know, 18, it's a case if you've got a chance then, but, yeah. Yeah. 
But I suppose as a kid, you're like, oh no, they're going to beat me up. They're going to phone the police, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> Looking back at it, you're like, you know what, what's worse can happen? They say no. But as a kid, yeah. you're like, no, I really want to watch this film. This is it. It'd be different if you were kind of eight and you were trying to get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not well, anywhere absolutely. near the age that you meant to, but... <laughs> Six months shy, you're not, you're not doing too bad. Yeah. But the, the cinema pretty much became my church. Ah, oh, excellent. Because I, my parents were pain in the neck anyway, but I'd not quite realised that as much. And I didn't really get on with any school friends, so I literally needed a distraction, and the cinema was it. So I would happily... You were the kid from Last Action Hero. I was indeed, yeah. And a lot of the time, it's not unheard of for me to go to the cinema at 12 o'clock daytime and come out at 9 at night you know, Having watching one escape film. <laughs> yeah, because you could get away with that then. You would buy one ticket, and what you would do is you just go hide in the toilets yeah. while cleaning the thing up. That's if you were lucky enough to be in a cinema that cleaned itself. Yeah. And then come back out when the film, and just watch it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, if the screens were next to each other, you could go into one and and then dip into the other and do it that way. Exactly. Put you, and then nip out the fire exit at the end of the day. In the, yeah, didn't I see you at 12? <laughs> Like, no, no, none the wiser. Must have been my brother. I, I came back later. <laughs> so I, and that's one of the things that I miss nowadays is having a cinema in my local town. Otherwise, I would be there. And in fact, it's too expensive, but we'll get onto that way, way down the line. Yes. Um, I mean, can you remember some of the costs of the cinema tickets? Oh, I can remember, like I say, when, um, when I went to see uh, Firefox and um, Red October, I'm pretty sure... Um, tickets had just gone up and it was a one pound to get in. Yeah. And, you know, it was a case of, Ooh, you know, it's getting expensive now. <laughs> yeah. But well, it was about a pound. I think when I, that's the sort of price I remember. So you saw Firefox on a big screen as well. Oh yeah. That's weird, isn't it? We're both sitting watching Firefox at totally different towns <laughs> and totally different ages. Who knew we would uh, be doing shows together? Definitely. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's it. It's a case of that. I would probably say when I first went, in fact, probably when I first went, it wouldn't even be the decimal coinage. No, because 71 <laughs> that changed, didn't it? Because I always remember the, the currency apparently changed yeah. when I was born yeah. uh, as as a sign for me. Yes. Um, right. He's, he's now here. Let's change the currency. Yeah, uh, but basically probably the first ones, like say, when, I, uh, when we went to see Jungle Book, it was probably in old pounds, shillings, and pence. Wow. So I would hesitate to say it will probably have been five pence or ten pence then, if that. I, 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 I'll have to ask my parents, see if they can remember. I mean, I remember hearing stories, I don't know how full of crap they were, but from various relatives that some cinemas, you could actually go there with jam jars and cash them in, <laughs> that type of thing. So you could pay with things rather than money. I don't know how genuine that is. But, well, this uh, is it. It's a case of jam jars and milk bottles and pop bottles. You used to get a penny back on them. So, you know, I know kind of stories from, like, my father and what have you, when he was a child and, you know, people that are slightly older than me, is, like you say, on a, on a Friday, you go around collecting the pop bottles, you know, cash them in on a Saturday morning and then go to the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre isn't it but what was your sort of routine did you have a routine when you went to the cinema would there be something you did beforehand or afterwards or um i wouldn't say so i mean literally kind of then there wasn't the police state that there is in the common you know the now multiplexes so 
you know, you could walk in with like your packed lunch in your pocket. <laughs> you could, couldn't you? you? Didn't because as a kid, you would like right. Here's a pound. Go to the cinema. Okay. There was never. And here's two fifty for a hot dog and one fifty for a yeah. popcorn and fifty p for a drink. You literally filled your pockets. So, and yeah, it's literally sneaked, sneaked you know you'd have a bag of sweets from the market kind of thing, a, a can of pop, and yeah, you know, <laughs> like you say, the rest rest of it went on the ticket. Yeah. You know, if you were lucky, you had enough to buy. Like you say, you know, uh, uh, an ice cream, a lollipop, or something chocolate-based from the concession stand at the, you know, at the interval. The pick and mix. Yeah. <laughs> Scoop of uh, chocolate raisins or whatever it was. Those came after my times. Tell you. Wow. I can't even remember what snacks. I remember the hot dogs because they really didn't look like the one on the advert. Oh, no, no. Um, and I remember the Kiora adverts later on and the Cornettos. And yeah. uh, oh, I'm struggling to think what some of the other ones were but there's, there seems to be a lot of ice lollies which is kind of weird because i was in scotland and it's freezing up there so you know <laughs> I was ice say, lollies in an air <laughs> yeah more than likely more than likely but, but i used to i mean my obsession started with the cinema around sort of 10 and 11 and i used to actually nick money from my parents and go to the cinema with it so that was never mind feeding a heroin addiction <laughs> or, or sniffing, addiction. sniffing glue or whatever i would literally i need another dip. film please just well, one little see me through the day <laughs> yeah because it, it got me out of the house because i didn't really enjoy being at home yeah. and it got me off the streets which was yeah. kind of dangerous for me anyway because yeah. there was loads of psychotic little scots loonies running around trying to kick my head into that thing Baby so i did out <laughs> Yes, they were. Um, hiding in a dark theatre was perfect, and I enjoyed it. It was pure escapism for me, which I know cinema's escapism anyway, but for me, it really, really was. But I mean, so, going back onto like, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, you, your routines, etc. did you have anything? I mean, what, what were the snacks when you were starting? You mentioned the pick and mix. I think they had the popcorn, and I've never, and I never have been a major popcorn fan. It makes you thirsty, which is the whole point. They sell it because yeah. they want you to buy drinks and stuff. So I was, I wised onto that one pretty quick. My routine, as I got a little bit older, uh, I would go into the video arcades. There was one nearby, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about that on episode one of the video <laughs> thing. That was, I would go in and play some video games for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, sometimes before the cinema, sometimes after. Yeah. Uh, usually after, because otherwise I would spend the money that you were that going to spend on the film. <laughs> That I was going to spend on the film, and also it was exposing me to the public. Yes. Um, obviously, I didn't want to be in a video arcade because all the lunar little Scots kids would go, "There he is! Let's kick his head in!" Because yeah, yeah. we can't catch him because he's too damn fast. Yeah. If you still had the money, they'd have taken it from you. <laughs> but yeah, they would have done, and that's the sort of childhood I had where they would, you know, mug you literally, and yeah. you you go home and go, "I've just been mugged, parents," and they go, "You stupid little sod." <laughs> How dare you? By the way, where did you get that money from in the first yeah. place? Um, <laughs> that big whiskey bottle that you put your loose change in? I figured out how to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so my obsession started with that, and yeah, it's probably not good admitting that you're nicking money and stuff, but that you know, it happened. I have no qualms about it. And you were mentioned newspapers. Yes. Um, they would have little black and white newspaper versions of the posters. You know, uh, near the listings. My bedroom was roughly the size of a prison cell that you would see on a. Weirdly enough, it probably wasn't a prison cell, but it was that kind of shape and size, yeah. and it was covered in those posters. I used to wallpaper my walls wow. 
Um, not even just films I've seen. I remember things like Silkwood from '84 and Scarface. Yeah. You know, cut it out. Literally anything you could pick up that way. Any film, anything movie related. Um, for some reason, it just really, really grabbed hold of me. Now, obviously, here we are talking about movies. Yeah. I'm 40 <laughs> years old, so you know, it's, it's still grabbed hold of me. But that was where it most definitely started. Oh, excellent, excellent. So obsessed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, where did your films go from there? I mean, literally, like I say, you, you mentioned your first ones and like your first solo flights. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, without meaning to impinge on anything later, can you remember the last films you saw at local cinemas? At the local cinemas, I mean, Rotten, the Rotten Star one where you and I live, yeah. I saw Robocop, I saw Top Gun, um, which was on a re-release, so around 1990, something like that. Um, and I saw Terminator 2, Judgment Day, so around the 90s. But the last ones I remember watching in my local cinema in Scotland, yeah. I watched The Running Man, mm-hmm. uh, which was, I think, about 87, 88, something okay. like that, I think. I watched Death Wish for The Crackdown, which I think was 89, because I moved down to England in 87, but a couple of times I went back up to stay with one of my parents who would send me some money down. I'm like, okay, I'll just bleed you for everything I can. Yeah. Um, so I would take the money and I would, I would still just go to the cinema. It's weird. I would go up there for like a week, but I would spend half of that week in the cinema. But when you think about it, that was your place of safety. So it was. It was sort of like I was running back to my womb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can't really fault you on that one. No, and then I sort of wrote years and years later, I wrote my autobiography type thing because I was... I even took up screenwriting for a while and then hit writer's block, thought, right, I need to write my biography because yeah. I need to write something, so that'll do. And I went back up many, many years later to take photos for it. Wow. And the cinema was all boarded up and closed down, and it was quite, damn, I used to like that cinema. It's one of those places you think, you know what, if I had enough money, I'd buy that. Yeah. And I would just open it up as a cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, so about Round the Running Man and stuff, I don't know what year the cinema shot. No. Uh, but it's gone. But that's it. I mean, literally, case of the, those local cinemas now, a lot of them. Well, I'm trying. I, I find it hard to actually think of one that's still around. Um, I think the only one I could think of, and more because it's like an art house cinema, is Corner House in Manchester. Yeah, but that's not so much a proper cinema, is it? That's more uh, an arty type. Yeah, but. Uh, cinema. You know, gone are the days of, like you say, the the one, two, three screen, you know, kind of local edifices. They got gobbled up by the multiplexes. Um, For better or for worse, I think, in some cases, for worse. I'd have to agree. I I mean, I can't remember the last time I was at a multiplex where there was a queue around the building, or you couldn't get in. Yes. I remember that as a kid where the, the, I'd be queuing up outside. You'll have to come to literally. the next showing. We're full. Yeah, literally, literally right on the outside, on the street. Yep. We're around the corner and queues and you would get however close to the front. It's like, sorry. Oh. And sometimes you would wait, though. Yep. That's the thing. You wouldn't go home. You'd think, oh, I'm waiting here for two hours because I want to get into the next one. I remember that. And several people call me sad for this. But I, I, before I mention it, I have to point out it was because my sister wanted to go, so the whole family ended up doing. And this is one that you said earlier, Greece. Yeah. Like you say, absolutely round the block, 
and we couldn't get into the first showing that we went to. But that was a huge film, though. I mean, you're sort of yeah. trying to defend it. So I I'm not to trying see, to defend I, it. I'm <laughs> well, not trying to defend it. You're trying to defend your... your the Going to you see it, to see yeah. It, I think. But I went to see that film, and I enjoyed it at the time for some reason. It was like it was something different. It was fun. It was an uplifting film, and Olivia Newton-John was wearing PVC pants, but well, I didn't learn to appreciate it only at the end. Um, but yeah, no, I saw that one as well. Yeah. Quite grim. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of things like that. Um I'm trying to think of some of the other big ones, like you say, you know, Star Wars coming out, you know, yeah, it, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. and I, I, my Michael Crawford in Condor Man, <sighs> I saw that. One. Yeah, I did, and I was watching a trailer. That's one of the trailers that will appear at the end of this podcast. You're like, oh my god, that's awful. Again, you know, the the co-star in that was quite tasty. I can't remember who the co-star was. Bar-bar. I just remember Michael Crawford with the wings. Really, she was in. Uh, was it? Uh, I'm trying to, I can picture her. Yeah. I, I was going to say she dukes a hazard, but that's Catherine back. Nah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Condor Man and Beastmaster, um, Tron that I've mentioned. Yeah. Sorry, War Games I saw on the big screen, 1982. So I really, it would be a case of I would have been the best reviewer ever back then because I saw every single big film that came out. <laughs> Obviously, age dependent. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones. I mean, I would love to have kept a list of all the films that I would have seen at the cinema, but it literally, it was everything, even right up to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in in '89 or whatever that was. Oh, you're so beating well. me there. I, I I have to be able to say I did not see that one. <laughs> no, but that was a case of I was in Scotland for a visit, and it's like I want to go to the cinema. There's nothing on. You know what? I want to go anyway. I'll watch that. And I watched Turtles. Not because I wanted to watch it, just because it was something. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. It's crazy, isn't it? There's no way you could just... Re- you would spend all day researching films from the 70s and 80s, thinking, saw that one, saw that one, saw that one, saw that one. Superman the movie. Sorry, it Superman wasn't... Too. It was Barbara Carrera. Sorry, there you go. Barbara Carrera, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen all the Superman movies on the big screen, other than Superman 4, which I saw on uh, VHS later on. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> and it was uh, Supergirl, I remember watching that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that. I mean, what, what are your, sort of before you were, I was going to say 15 then, but we're slightly different in age and stuff. As your sort of childhood-ish, so before 20 or whatever, yeah. what are your best memories of the cinema? What, as in favourite films that I saw there? and uh, Yes. I would probably have to say things like, say, um, you know, Hunt for Red October and uh, Firefox. I, I was... Uh, I mean, before, like I said, before I left school, I was a bit like your brother. I was very much into the fantasy and science fiction, but um, a lot of the films that were out then didn't catch me as much as, like you say, some of the action ones. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, I can remember going and seeing things like the Star Trek original ones and whatnot. Oh, I saw that one. Star Trek, the slow motion picture. Yeah. Yep, I saw that on the big screen. Um, but like you say, you know, kind of Star Wars was a lot better. There was a lot more action. It's strange. When you're younger, action equates to kind of, you know, edge of your seat, slack-jawed, staring. <laughs> it does, yeah. doesn't it? 
Like you say, you don't want to have to think. It's just a case of, woo. <laughs> and as they, you like take Emily or whatever to watch Transformers 3, she'd be like, this is the best film ever. I yeah, don't understand it, but it's great. It's brilliant. Yeah. And then we'd be like, this is awful. It needs more dialogue or character development, to be honest. She's like, no, it's brilliant. Yeah, but um, I, I, I mean, one that I watched later and I really wish that I had gone and seen it at the cinema and I know this is one that, I, well, I know this is one that you like. I don't know if you saw it at the cinema. Would have been Escape from New York. Oh, I would love to have seen that on the big screen. Yeah, it's one of those that basically at the time you knew nothing about, yeah. but then it's later, you know, like say with the advent of video, you oh. watched it and you thought, "Why the hell did I miss this?" Yeah, <laughs> if I could make a list of all the films I would love to see on a big screen, Escape from New York would be on it. Definitely. Yeah, I did see Escape from L.A. many, many years later, but that's not quite the same. Yeah, it's a revisit in a way. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, Escape from New York. I mean, that's the thing. I'd love to be the sort of age you are, because you were in that sort of... You could go and watch these films on your own in the 70s and early 80s, like Escape from New York and stuff. Oh, I'd love to have even, in some ways, been even older, so that, yeah. like you say, you've got like you know, all the big kind of Clint Eastwood um, kind of all the Dirty Harry ones, all these spaghetti western ones. You know, seeing those on the big screen would be, fun, you know, when they first came out, would have been phenomenal. I did see the Deadpool, the fifth Dirty Harry film on yeah. the big screen, but again, not quite the same. Yeah, wasn't the best one, was it? But I think you could you could have done with being maybe five or six years older. Yeah, just like because then you'd be bang, you go see Alien on the big screen, oh. and Apocalypse Now, and all this sort wow. of stuff. <laughs> That would be pretty awesome. Well, this is it. I mean, in a way, we may think that in a way we're old. Um, sometimes, as we've just said, we wish we were slightly older. But we were in basically, you know, we were in the prime time for enjoying a lot of the golden era of cinema. Oh, God, yeah. You know, yeah. okay, we may not have seen it at the cinema, but, you know, it's literally by the time we were old enough, the reviews were out, you know, people were saying, yeah, this is an epic, you've got to see it. You know, it's not a case of, you know, like you say, as most people like Simon would know now and saying kind of, what, what's that? Yeah. You know, we were around when they were making these films. I mean, we were also around at the time when, if you wanted to watch a film, you had to watch it at the cinema. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, literally, it's a case of television was still black and white when I was a kid. Um, I can remember colour coming in. Um, yep. films, you know, basically waiting for a film to premiere on television, you were looking five years at least. Yeah, I remember that. It was similar when I was sort of growing up and stuff. I remember when the, the video market took took hold, and we'll we'll get onto that in a future episode and stuff, but it was you a film comes out of the cinema, it was there, for, it definitely was there for more than a week, you know, like it is now. It's a week and it's flipping gone if it's not uh -huh. making a lot of money. You, they would be there for weeks. Yeah, you were looking, you know, kind of if it was a good one, it was it was on a two-month run. Oh, easily. Um, and then it would be like two years or 18 months even before it would come out on rental videotape. Yeah. And then from that, it'd be like five years before it hit TV, if you were lucky. Well, this is it. I, I mean, again, we're impinging on a later episode as we've got planned, but, you know, I remember... Things like um, Towering Inferno and um, The Sound of Music and um, The Sting, you know, yeah. first being shown on TV. 
And you're talking years after the cinema release. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> but it was... Um, yeah, we were definitely in the heyday yeah. for watching movies and stuff but like uh, that. Again, like you say, you know, if I'd been slightly older, I could have caught the likes of The Sting and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and what have you. Yeah, The Godfather. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought then for a second. I'm like, that's such awesome films to be watching on the big screen. Yeah. But uh, I would gladly... I mean, some of the Star Wars re-releases, they, they would do double bills and they would do, let's re-release this thing for its anniversary. I saw Star Wars Empire and Jedi twice in the same day. Wow. So I went in about 10 in the morning. It was literally about 10 at night when I got out <laughs> and I'd watched. And they were amazing. Oh, um, but I, yeah, that's where I was back to my back. train of thought. I've got it. I've got it back again now. It was a case of now, if a film comes out, for example, The Hunger Games. Yes. You think, yeah, I'd quite like to watch that on the big screen, but I think I'll wait for it on DVD. You and I have had this conversation so like, yeah, many times. Good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just wait for it on DVD or or video or whatever. But you would never ever do that as a kid. You think I want to watch that? I need to watch it now, and you would go. Yeah. But again. You know, we're coming back on to kind of relative prices. You know, it cost us when we first started going, you know, kind of your pocket money for a week. And yeah. you could get there because the cinema was in the same town or, you know, a 10 minute bus ride away. Yeah. Nowadays, to get to, well, take for example, our closest cinemas, yeah. you know, to get to one of the decent ones, you're talking on, on a bus, it would take you over half an hour. To get in, you're then talking, you know, you're paying the best part of £10. Yep. You know, and you know, you're a captive audience when it comes to you know, the food and drinks, you know, the concessions. Yep. Well, when I went to watch The Hunger Games the other week with Annette, it cost us each £3 for the bus ticket yeah. to the cinema. Yep. So that's probably like $5 each or whatever, mm -hmm. um, give or take. And then we had to pay about 7 or £8 each for the ticket. So you're talking and then because $12 in. <laughs> Yep, because the buses had stopped, we had to get a taxi back. So it's like brilliant. <laughs> so it just it's just too expensive. So as a kid, it was a lot easier because here's a pound, brilliant. Seeing a few hours. Well, this is it. As a kid, it, it would be a case of you know you'd have with the money that you had, you could afford the bus fare to the cinema, your time in, maybe a drink while you were there. You'd come out, you'd have your money for your bus fare back and enough for um, fish and chips or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and that was like, yeah, you didn't think much of like the money you were spending then. Nowadays, you're looking at it and you're thinking, that's a large chunk of uh, <laughs> exactly. I need a week's pocket money anymore. No, <laughs> it's like a day's wages. Definitely. Did you have a preferred place to sit when you were in the cinema, or do you not really bother? Um, I think that again changes with how old you are. As a kid, you always want to be down near the front. But as you get older, you know that the sweet spot's a lot further back. Yeah. You know, preferably in the middle, as in, you know, kind of from side to side. And you'd probably be about, it's a bit like, um, you know, being near the sound desk in a, you know, a concert. You'd be about two thirds of the way back. Yeah. That's what I found to be the sweet spot. Middle, middle, I used to just, I, I yeah, still do. Yeah. It's like, middle, middle, go over the middle, middle. Yeah. And get, I get quite annoyed if somebody else is sat there. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Especially if they're rattling, uh, rattling toffee wrappers or... Oh, seat kickers, they're the ones that annoy, annoy me. 
I'm going to, many occasions over the years, I've turned around and told somebody off or gone forward and told somebody off. Yep. I'm not proud of myself, but huh? I've threatened many a 10 year old child to tell them to shut up. Yeah, I've giggled uh, a lot at you as well doing that. It just annoys. I think that's because I'm so passionate about watching movies. Like, I don't like anybody ruining it. Well, again, you know, that's one of the things, with, you know, as we'll touch on later, watching at home, you, know, you don't have those interruptions. In some ways, though, as we'll touch on later on, there are worse interruptions. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, the other thing is, as as a kid, when you were in the, the movies, um, you didn't have, well, I'm speaking of my time, you know, you've already mentioned that they had it when you were there, but you didn't have the popcorn and everything as you went in. Right. You know, when I was a kid, you literally, it was a case of it came to the intermission, you could get your, you know, get something to snack on then. Really? So you couldn't go, right, I'm going to, right, I've got my ticket, right, I think I'll take a drink or some popcorn in with me. Well, you, you had to wait until it. There or? was no popcorn then. They didn't sell popcorn. Good move. I think popcorn's the devil's yeah. food. It's cinema. literally it's too a case of anything that you had, you took in with you. So you, it, it was literally a case of you'd have a packet of polos or something like that. <laughs> you know, and like you say, wow. a can of pop. So the worst you'd get is as you open yep. the pop. Which is far better than rustling popcorn. Yeah. You know, or, or kind of rattle of sweet wrappers and what have you. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't, I don't know, people were a lot, seemed a lot more respectful of films then as well. Yeah. I think they did, and I don't know why that is, because it's expensive now. Yeah. And I don't get why people would pay a lot of money to watch a film and then faff around on the phone or just mucking around with the mates. I really, uh, I've never understood Again, that. the mobile phone, the devil's work. <laughs> yeah, so there was no phones. There, that was bliss. There was, there was no iPods or anything like that the worst you had to worry about was one of the staff people shining a torch yes. to make sure you were in the right or can i see your ticket please yeah. you don't tend to see much of that now but uh, yeah they used to do it can i just make sure you're meant to be in here yes here's my ticket and like say an interruption Stop. was someone sneezing <laughs> yes it was and the thing is i don't remember getting annoyed at people sneezing no. like well, shut up <laughs> now i do it's like will you stop breathing loudly <laughs> Absolutely insane. So we've talked a lot about good films and stuff we've watched at the cinema. Have you ever watched any stinkers that spring to mind? Have you ever walked out of a movie during? I have because to you thought say it was crap? no. I no? I cannot remember. But again, this may be kind of with age, you get selective memories and you tend to remember the good things and try and forget the bad things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I cannot remember really going into the cinema at any point and thinking, you know, this is absolutely pants. Why have I come in? Yeah. You know, um, I suppose, like you say, as a kid, because you saw it as a treat and like you say, it was a limited thing, you know, you only had the three screens to choose from, you know, and there wasn't all these films on TV. So you weren't kind of jaded, should we say? Yeah, you know, to use a you know a better term, you know, want of a better term, you know, it, it was still a new experience. You were young, you didn't have the expo, you know, the overexposure that we have nowadays. So it was a case of, ooh, we're going to the cinema. Woo-hoo! Yeah, <laughs> I've only ever walked out of one film. Go on. Um, I've took lots of breaks from another film. I'll get into that in a minute. But the one film that I walked out of, I think it was 82, 83, and it was starring Burt Lancaster, and it was Local Hero. Um, I've never seen the film since, but sort of think about it this way. I was 11 or 12. You wouldn't have appreciated it then. You might do that. 
it was all talking, and I had yeah. no idea what yeah. was When's going on. When's he going to start shooting folk? <laughs> this sucks. Where's the spaceships? You know, <laughs> so, and that was the only film. I think if I watch that film now, I'll think, you know what, that's a really good film. But yeah. I just, it was the one film I thought, this is Taste this changes is as you grow up that way. Well, it does, because in later years, I saw um, on video uh, Platoon. And I hated it. I couldn't. I'm like, what is this horrible? I fell asleep. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of my favourite films now. I even saw the first RoboCop at the cinema, and I'm like, I really don't see what the fuss is about. RoboCop's an awesome movie. Yeah. But for some reason, I just didn't like it. When at I was the 16, time. Yeah. So. yeah. But uh, thankfully, I'm, I've not walked out of that many movies. I have a real appreciation for those that make the films. Yeah. Uh, I was at 11 or 12. I didn't realise that people actually make films. I thought they just magically came. appeared on the screen. <laughs> One person creates them. It's obviously the director. I think Steven Spielberg makes them all. He's a film fairy, but um, we won't go into that. <laughs> which would be, I mean, so bringing on to Steven Spielberg, he was the one name that I associated with movies as a child. Yeah. Um, is there any names that you quickly latched onto where you're like, you know what, I recognize this name and I want to watch his next film or, or something like that? Um, as a child, of course, the main one would have been Walt Disney, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, after that... Um, I mean, what, when you think back to the first films you watched, you kind of think of some of them, um, you know, the people that were in them. And, I mean, you're talking people like, um, is it, the memorable faces would have been, I, I couldn't even tell you the names, but it was basically um, the guy who was the main male lead in the Herbie films. It was Jim yep. someone or other, I believe. I shall check on that while you talk there. And um, there was also the the male lead in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I thought he was fantastic. Wow. Who's like the head warlock kind of thing in that. I thought, ooh, he's good. But yeah, they were the kind of people that, when you were a kid, were starring in all the same kind of, you know, the kids' movies. Yeah. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all kind of folk like that, but um, also the voice actor that did um, Baloo in Jungle Book. I'm just envious that you've seen a lot of these Disney films and stuff <laughs> on the big screen. That is awesome. But yeah, you know, it's basically folk like that. As you got older, it was, you know, you always associated, you know, as I say, when I got to kind of my teens era, it was always kind of Sean Connery because, you know, the James Bond films were then being shown on TV. So Yeah, when, when, when did you... Did you start getting into Bond films on the big screen? Because I was, we were, Annette and I were watching Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace the other day, and I said I start. I've been watching all the Bond movies on the big screen. I think I missed maybe a couple of them um, since 1979. It was Moonraker was the first one ever. So I've got eight years old. So that huh? since then I've seen the majority of all the Bond movies on the big screen. I would say that I came to the big screen with Bond a lot later than you. Um, I'd have probably been in the time of Dalton before I saw my first ones on the big screen. Wow. So I didn't see Living Daylights on the big screen, but I did see License to Kill. Yeah. Um, and then I think the only other one I've missed was Tomorrow Never Dies yeah. with Pierce Brosnan. Other than that, since Moonraker, I saw every other <laughs> Bond movie on the big screen, and I'll be off to watch a new one later on in the year. But uh, Bond movie, I think that was the first franchise that I discovered, other than Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, like I say, I'd probably say kind of like I say Connery and Eastwood would have been the two ones that basically sold most things to me as a kid. I didn't know directors then, 
or writers or anything, which is sad, really. Because, but as a kid, you want to see the people that are the action heroes. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, you don't realize that somebody writes it, yeah. somebody directs You don't even know what a director does, to be honest. You just yeah. see Spielberg's name attached to E.T., and you're like, that's the dude that did Close Encounters. I mean, this is it. I'm going to go watch that. If you were really lucky, you can remember kind of which company put it out, and that's about it. You know, was, oh, no, was this MGM? Yeah. Was it Paramount? You know? Wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> uh, D- Disney would probably be the only one that I would recognize, I think, at that time in my life. It was a lot later when I'm like, oh, this sounds like James Horner's music. <laughs> he did such and such. Yeah. Um, or this looks like so-and-so doing the editing <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> it's a lot later when I got sort of super geek yeah. um, on things like that. But Spielberg was probably my Your first main. One. The main name. I, I remember, I think E.T. was probably, because it was about an alien and a yeah. little boy, I thought, I want to watch it because it sounds like a really cool film. Uh, I, uh, I think probably the first, like say, kind of you know, person other than a star that I would remember would probably be Lucas. Yeah, because of the Star Wars yeah. and the Raiders of Lost Ark movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Did you see any of those on the big screen? I saw Temple of Doom... Uh, I've seen all the other ones other than Raiders, which I didn't see. I, I saw Raiders, and like I say, that was the first one of those ones I saw on the big screen. Um, and I very much got into that kind of genre. Uh, I mean, the other ones that I loved seeing, and they're often overlooked, are um, the ones with um, Michael Douglas in oh, Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile, the Romance in the Storm. Yes, phenomenal films. Often overlooked, sadly, but... They are. <laughs> What's your thoughts on seeing Raiders? Because you would have been, what, about 16 or something when that was Ooh, I couldn't, big screened? Yeah. 81-ish? Yeah, you're talking about, what, like 14, 15? Yeah. So, so can you remember what it was like to watch that one? Because that's a pretty iconic movie. It, it was good because it is mainly kind of, you know, I, I can't remember really too much in the way of downtime on it. You, you are on the edge of your seat most of the time. Yeah. You know, the... It's not a case of, right, we'll catch you with a big, big action thing, do a half hour of slow, and we'll end with a you know, crescendo. It was yeah. literally a case of the stuff going on all the time. So yeah. you know, at that age, you're kind of sold on it. But yeah, it was phenomenal watching that on the screen. Then that was probably one of the first ones that I wanted to find out kind of stuff behind the movie. So like you say, the trivia and what have you. Yeah, I can't remember when I decided to start delving into how these films are made. I mean, people nowadays, you still get the small percentage of people who say, I don't want to know, because it re- removes the magic. I can still keep the magic of a film, even if I know how it was yeah. made. I, don't, I can separate the Definitely. You know, those, those side of things. But uh, I mean, back then, if you wanted to know stuff, you would... I would Starburst, a Starlog, probably one yeah. of each, actually. That's <laughs> where I would look at... Um, what was the other one? Fangoria, which yes. was horror-related, yep. but a bit too gruesome. A lot of pictures on that one, so I tended to go for Starburst and Starlog and stuff like that. You get like interviews and clips, and and now and again on TV you would get a twenty-minute behind-the-scenes of Raiders of Lost Ark. Yes, typical press kit stuff. And then you like say you know every now and again you'd manage to catch even as a kid you know, you'd manage to stay up late or whatever, and you would catch uh, on TV. Barry Norman, film whatever year it was. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Film film 81 or film yes. 82 or film 79 or something like that. Sorry. But that's that's all you knew though, wasn't it? Yeah. You didn't have the internet. I mean, now if you want to know 
who's the main star of Herbie, you just type on your PC and stuff yeah. like that. It's it in some ways I find it too easy. Yeah. Um, to do stuff like that. It does remove some of the magic. Oh, yeah. I like the fact when we were kids, we would sit down and we would watch a film and we wouldn't really know what was coming. Yeah. Because we hadn't had it spoiled on You'd not Twitter or Facebook and, or you know, people on podcasts yeah. or whatever. Just giving out spoilers willy-nilly. But, uh, um, did you ever actually... I'm, I'm moving on slightly in ages here. Did you ever get to a period where cinema and films lost it for you? And you, you know, the magic went, or have you always been into it? I think, kind of recently, I think, because I've started watching. I've I watched, I think, some like eighty-seven films or whatever this year so far. So I'm still watching as many films as I have been doing. But I've been going back and watching some of the old Clint Eastwood movies and some films from the seventies, and yeah. I've been doing his roundtable podcast for for another guy, and we're watching old films like Rocky and Alien and all these sort of things, and I'm enjoying watching more films. It's like right now, I just want to go downstairs and put on Escape from New York. <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Because I'm still envious you saw that on the big screen. And I probably will be watching that film tomorrow. It's like, because I've got it on DVD. Call me Um, (laughs) Yeah, only very recently, I think, have films started losing it a little bit. Not all films, but once you realise that films are made to make money. Yes. And that's pretty much the only reason majority of films, certainly sequels and remakes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Whereas... When we were kids, we were just like, wow, they're making films for us, yeah. to entertain us, not to fleece us for all the money and whatnot. Um, what about yourself? Do you think, I was, was there a time? There was. Um, basically, probably in my 20s, um, I lost a lot of interest in films and what have you. Television was the main media then and what have you. As you say, a lot of the local cinemas were closing down. Um, but then, several years later... Um, the um, uh, basically girlfriend of a friend of mine was very much into movies at the time, and because my friend wasn't a movie goer, and I, you know, I expressed an interest in it, we got together to do, you know, virtually I wouldn't say a weekly movie trip or whatever, but we'd do it kind of by you know fortnightly. And um, she basically rekindled my interest in films to a greater degree, you know, kind of fanned the flames kind of thing. Uh, so that would have been around mm-hmm. sort of mid to late 80s, wouldn't it, that you're on about? No, no, we're talking, no? that's when I, you know, kind of when lost, you lost it, it a little bit. early 90s kind of thing. But yeah. I I got it back, like I say, probably mid 90s. Um, as I say, the, 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 the young woman as she was then involved, Tina, um, basically... We shared a lot of interests that way, and we became very good friends. Yeah, and um, like I say, I, I mean, I can remember going seeing um, Titanic with her because I yeah. think that was one that um, Pete wouldn't take her to see. Yeah, I saw that on the big screen. I saw that, and I'm pretty sure you did in 2D. You oh know, yeah, the way it was the way it was shot. Yes, but it, it, it was basically <laughs> one of those that um, Tina's ber- birthday is just after mine, six days. And both are before Christmas. I think it was Christmas presents for each other. We both ended up buying the other one, you know, kind of the DVD of Titanic when it came out. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, so she's now living over in Canada, which is her place of birth. So, Tina, if you're listening to this, thank you for rekindling my interest in films. 
Yes, thank you, Tina. Because I think without, I, I can't imagine you losing your film thing in the same way you probably can't imagine me thinking, you know what, movies suck. Well, <laughs> I don't like them anymore. Well, this is it. I mean, soon after, kind of like I say, I left the job that I was in then, you know, and probably a couple of years afterwards, you know, we bumped into each other. So you've known me from my, you know, kind of my times when I've been back into films. So. Nice. <laughs> and you were definitely still in there. I mean, I know it's not easy for you to watch as many films as you used to, because you'll say family and work and stuff like that, but you you still manage to get your quota. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy watching the films. You know, like, say, you know, kind of the ones that we see, as you say, you know, television, DVD when they come out. You know, we, as you know, I don't get to get to, you know don't get to the cinema as often as I would like to, but or perhaps as often as I should. But yeah. um, you know, kind of when certain epic ones come out, we always try to because, uh, as you know, Anne's been a big fan of the Harry Potter certainly has ones, yeah. so we, we always try to get down for those and what have you. Um, I mean, there's other ones that I'd like to see. You know that have come out that I've missed at the cinema, but I'll be well, you know, watching on DVD. Others that are due out that, you know, quite literally, as we've said before, if the cinema was cheaper, I'd be there more often. I would. I mean, if the cinema was cheaper and easier for me to get to, yeah. I would be there every day I wasn't working. Yeah. And I know that for a fact. And I would just pretty much watch anything and everything. Well, it's like we said, you know, kind of your bus fare there and back. Plus, well, basically transport costs plus entry. You're looking at 15 quid easily. So if that was down to a fiver, if it was a local cinema, you didn't need to get the transport costs. Fiver in, like you say, it's a case of, hey, it's a free day. Let's watch something. My dream is to obtain a seriously stupid amount of money and to open a cinema in Rottenstall that would show old classic movies like Apocalypse Now, <laughs> Escape from New York, Back to the Future, and all these films, and I yeah. would charge like a pittance, a quid yeah. or a quid fifty or whatever. As long as people didn't rip the seats up or yeah. create, I would happily just let people watch movies because it's, like I say, it's got me where I am or whatever. It's because I'm, I'm here where I'm, you know, I'm still working a day job oh, and yeah. stuff like that. But I've had such a good life because of watching movies. When you, and pretty much that started from the cinema as a child. So. But when you think about it, it's a case of, you mentioned the corner house in Manchester. If you could open up something along a similar lines where it's, like you say, old classics and art house, yeah. I think people would do, you know, they'd be happy to go. I think they would. I think I don't think you would get the kids going. But you'd but, get a lot of the older so people what? that would respect the place a lot more. <laughs> exactly. You would get the sort of people who appreciate movies and stuff yeah. and who, who just want to go and have a night's entertainment, not to go and faff around yeah. and throw sweets at a screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just the multiplexes. Um, as this series carries on and stuff, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about multiplexes Ooh, and yes. stuff like that. But... Um, I have really, really fond memories of the cinema as a child. Well, this is it. I mean, I, I can't remember bad memories. The The only ones that I would say are coloured memories in a way are basically, you know, as you say, you sat there as a kid, you don't want to miss the film. So you sat there with cross-legged thinking, the intermission's only 15 minutes away. I can hold on to go to the loot then. <laughs> well, I still have this, this routine now where I'll buy a drink. I always buy a drink of some kind to take into cinema. You're not going to tell me you pee in the cup. No, 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 no. 
I very rarely drink it though. I will literally have little sips. Yeah. Because I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, I really need the loo. Uh, I, I sort of didn't quite do that when I went to see Hunger Games because I did drink a drink because yeah. I'd been to McDonald's beforehand and it was like, I need to go to the loo. I didn't because I was yeah. watching the movie and stuff like that. But uh, but again, that, you know, kind of you had the intermissions then, so you knew you'd got kind of right. I've got an hour to go and then I can at least have a 15 minute break to go, you know, to the gents and you know, yeah, and basically I can sit through the next hour after that. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. bring back the intermission. <laughs> it's really hard not to sort of bring in things of films. I mean, like Saving Private Ryan and stuff like that, but that's for later on because um, it definitely wasn't in my childhood when no. I watched that one. But uh, <laughs> those are some really good cinema experiences. Wow. Some of the other ones, Rocky Three, I watched. I've never felt so energized watching a movie in my entire life <laughs> to the point where I came out of the film, and this is 80, 82, I think it was, so about yeah. 11. I just ran for an hour round the block <laughs> constantly, you know, a little training oh, montage and stuff. And I still maintain that was, that was how I became a fast runner, I think, oh. which saved my life on many occasions. Excellent. Um, but no, I loved it. And then I saw Rocky Four in 85. Um, I think it was 85 or 86. 85, I saw it. Yeah. And it was as if I was at a boxing match because people were stamping their feet, cheering. <laughs> Just standing up, clapping, all during the Dolph Lundgren Rocky fight. Yeah. And that is one of the most bonkers cinema audience experiences <laughs> I have ever, ever had. Oh, and audience I certainly interaction. Wasn't gonna, oh, God, yes. It, I don't like audience interaction, but as a child, you're certainly not going to turn around and tell 500 people to sit down and shut up because you're trying to watch a film. They'll kill you. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, modern day, you get... Kind of the people, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I will own up to this one myself. Have you, you know, of going to see a film and you're a bit of a fanatic or a big fan of you know whatever's being filmed and shown, so you actually get dressed up. <laughs> I've never done Have you? Have you done that? What have you dressed up for? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? <laughs> are we talking the Peter Jackson one? Oh, are we yes. talking the, uh, the Sol Zad sort of cartoon one? No, no. We're talking the Peter Jackson one. Oh my, what did you dress up as? Oh, you know that I was into the live-action role-play, so as they say, you had the armor on, the chain mail, (laughs) sword, shield, cloak, you know, full thing. Was this a specialist screening somewhere, or did you just turn up at Pillsworth, you know, a local multiplex? I I know that, like I say, several of my other friends um, who lived over in Leeds at the time, also part of the same live-action role-play group, yeah. Um, one of the guys there got, I think it was 20 or 30 of them together from that area, got them all dressed up, and he'd phoned the cinema beforehand to basically say, look, we're getting dressed <laughs> up. You know, Can you do us any kind of concession? Because we're basically going to be advertising it for you. And I think they did end up getting cheap entry, if not free entry or something. Nice. That's something bonkers. weird, but... Yeah, I, I seem to remember thinking, "Crap, so why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> that is crazy. I think one of the sort of as we sort of tail into the, the climax of this one. I remember as a kid, I can't remember what film it was, but I was sitting down as a kid, probably about eleven, yeah, uh, watching this film in the dark, as you do in the cinema, yeah. and a voice behind my head sort of leaned over and went, "When this film's finished, you're dead." And I'm like, "Oh." God, they found me because I literally spent all my childhood <laughs> peering around corners, yeah. 
sprinting away from anybody that looked like they were the same age as me because the chances are they were trying to kick my head in type thing. Yeah. And I stayed and watched the rest of the film. So, you know, so that's how much I used to love cinema. It's like, right, after this film finishes, I'm getting my head kicked in. I could either leave now yeah. and then nobody would catch me or, you know what, I can watch the rest of the film. And I watched the movie and I sneaked out and there was nobody there. So it was obviously somebody just mucking around yeah. who left before me anyway. Yeah. But I stayed and watched the movie. Oh, so. oh excellent. <laughs> I just wish I knew what film that was to see if it was a smart idea or yeah. not. So uh, I didn't get battered. So. Oh, that's amazing. That's always a good thing. <laughs> uh, and what sort of as we sort of tail up this um, the childhood years, has Emily been to the cinema yet? I haven't taken her to the cinema yet. It's one. Um, it's the same thing. With, you know, we've not taken her on a plane or anything. I yeah. want her. I mean, as I said, my my first childhood memories were around the age of four or five at cinema, and I can remember in the very early years of that, I probably did get easily distracted. So I'm trying to get it so that, you know, gauging her from her reaction on television programs, once she can sit through something quite happily without being easily distracted, I will yeah. take her to the cinema. Now, if you could go back, I mean, so taking the Disney ones out of the equation, because that's an easy answer, that one, you got a Disney film. What's, what films, as as you watched as a child, would you think, you know what, I'd like Emily to have seen that at a big screen? Oh, cripes. If you were to transport her back to your childhood, what, you know, let's, let's see what you come well, up like with. Well, like I say, you know, most of the ones at the time were Disney. You know, so you're talking about things like Bedknobs and Broomsticks. You know, we're taking the animated out. Yeah. You know, so I'd probably say Bedknobs and Broomsticks. You know, one of our dinosaurs is missing. You know, things like that. Yeah. You know, those were, to me, iconic childhood films. You know, you, Mary Poppins. Nice. Yeah. You know, they are kids' films without, you know, they had certain amounts of animation in and what have you, but they were mainly live action. Yeah, you know, they were. Like I say, we'll ignore the ones like The Jungle Book, Peter Pan, you know, Sleeping Beauty or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Snow White, wasn't it? Yeah, not Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Um, but yeah, you know, so uh, definitely kind of. Uh, uh, the, if I had to narrow it down to one, it would be bed knobs and broomsticks. And do you think you maybe give her another twelve months or a couple of years before you take her off to the cinema, or what's your sort of guess on that time frame? I would probably say within the next twelve months, I will risk it. No, nice. but it all depends on what comes out. It does. Hopefully, some decent films come yeah. out. And would you be happy if she developed the same sort of film obsession as you? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, there are a lot worse things to be obsessed with. I think there are. I think <laughs> video games can be kind of a... I think film is one of the healthy ones. Yeah, I mean, literally, if you've got a you know, fixation with films, you're basically watching for two hours, you know, then it's basically a case of you doing something else. Unless, of course, you're watching back-to-back -back like you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think if I was to go back and speak to myself as a child, I would say, you know what, just carry on doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Just watch because I used to literally watch any type of film. Um, you know, obviously I didn't watch horror films when yeah. I was a child and stuff, but I would watch science fiction films, comedy films. Yeah, uh, I even saw Dumbo, I think, on the big screen on yeah. one of its many re-releases. <laughs> so the old animated one. Yeah, uh, pretty much anything. Well, this is it. It's a case of as we found, and we will be touching on in a later one, with you know the advent of videos and DVDs. 
Yeah. There are a lot that you watch then, you know, especially with the fact that you used to uh, run a video shop. You know, there were a lot that you used to watch then that you'd probably never have had the exposure to. And once you see them, you think that's a really good film. Yeah. You know, ones you, that never made like the big releases, you know, didn't get the exposure. And you think, you know, that really should have been given a bit more. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Midnight Run is one we're always going on about. Midnight Run, I'd love to see that at the cinema. I hear they're talking about a sequel um, with De Niro back again. Oh, please, um, please, what, let it be true. Exactly. I wanted to come back. <laughs> one of the best films I ever watched at cinema would have been sort of early to mid-90s, and it was Sneakers, Robert Redford. Oh, yes. Um, I caught a taxi over to our Pillsworth Cinema, which cost me 20 quid. So that's how much it would cost me to get to a cinema back then. No more secrets. I didn't know what was on. I just thought, I'm going to the cinema. So I got to the cinema. I'm looking down, and I'm like, right, there's two films there. There's, the, there's one called In the Line of Fire, which I know that's a Clint Eastwood one, so I'll watch that one, I think. And there's this thing called Sneakers, which I don't really know yeah. what that's about. And I watched in. it. So I didn't even know I'd Redford in at that time <laughs> because it had just come out. Yeah. Um, and this was pre-internet as well. Yeah. And I watched it, and that's one of the best films I've ever watched because I had no idea what it was about. Yeah. And I loved it. And it's now sitting in my DVD collection. Oh, that's, along with that's one never to be... <laughs> yeah, never to be gotten rid of. That's a keeper. Exactly. And The Fugitive was the other one. I, I was aware that it was based on a series and somebody with a one-armed man or whatever, but I didn't really know much beyond that. Went to see it pretty much cold. And it was like, wow. Mm. Loved it. <laughs> so it was very, very good. But uh, if I could go back and speak to myself as a child, it's like, just keep doing it. Just do it more. I mean, steal more money. This is it. I, I would probably say there's none that I would, adv- you know, as we touched on earlier, there's none that I would advise myself, my younger self, to say, well, you know, don't watch that. No. Not at all. And I think even as harsh as films were when we were growing up as children, they're a lot harsher now. Oh, yeah. Even looking at them as an adult, you're like, you know what, I really don't see why you made that. But there was nothing really sadistic. That, that we were exposed to when we were, we were kids. Well, this is it. Some of the things, like, you know, as we'll touch on later, the first kind of 18-rated film that I ever saw, you know, yeah. nowadays would probably get a 12, if not, you know, if not an, <laughs> you know, an advisory. Yeah. I think other than Cobra, um, I think that was the only 18 film that I watched when I shouldn't have really been watching it. The majority of the horror-type films I saw were watched in the home or in somebody else's home. Yeah. Because uh, I just realized horror didn't appeal to me. So I thought, I don't really want to. I'm not going to get into watch that. I don't really want to watch it anyway. I do remember trailers. Yes. Um, for horror films. And they freak me out. So I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was mostly science fiction, dramas, comedies, and stuff like that that I watched. And action. Exactly. Well, we're going to get into that. Uh, next week's episode will probably focus on our first home viewing, if I remember our schedule correctly. Yes. Um, if I didn't, I could just edit that part out, can't I? But uh, yeah, first time we saw films in our houses or in somebody else's houses. Yeah. In a non television um, kind of thing, as in VCR, etc. Yeah, pretty much. The advent of the pirated movie. Yes. <laughs> the really grainy camera <laughs> one. Um, and watching films in people's houses you weren't really supposed to be watching, but you did it anyway because it was cool to do as a kid. Yes. Um, but today I just want to give a really, really big thank you to you. And uh, thank you to you. I've really I have enjoyed this. It's one of our longer ones, but you know, it, it's like you say, it's a case of you think, yeah, childhood memories on films. 
can we fill the time? But we obviously have. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've, we've kind of like near enough done 85 minutes on this so far, but this is one of the most exciting shows and the ones I've been looking forward to. Even when we're doing the video game one, I'm like, I can't wait till we get to the movies. <laughs> I really can't wait. And I know a lot of people out there, when I was posting things on Facebook, they were like, can't wait to hear it, can't wait to hear it. I just hope they we enjoy hope, it as much yeah. as I've enjoyed. We hope Chatting we don't let them down. <laughs> uh, you know, if we do, we do. Hey, if we you enjoyed know. it, where's the problem? Yeah, and that's the main thing, isn't it? You know, if anybody enjoys it, that's a bonus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hello to everybody that's listening, both of you. Yes. And um, I just really, really enjoyed this podcast. This is one of the most fun ones I've had. <laughs> Because it's me talking about movies. Yes. So, Early childhood movies. movies yeah. <laughs> yes. um, so we shall round up this episode number one anyway. Yeah, and you've got your trailers to put on the end. Don't forget. Oh, that's already. I was sitting. I was. It's actually. I was so excited about doing this show. I've actually done all the beginning sequence and the end sequence twenty-four hours ago. Excellent. Excellent. So they're all edited and ready to slap onto this audio <laughs> thing and get this up and running in the morning. Um, so that's how eager I was last night. It's like I don't want it to be tomorrow. I want to do it now. Oh. And this was me last night. So <laughs> very much enjoyed that. And I look forward to the next episode I and the one after that. Yeah. And the one after that and the one after that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good run. <laughs> I think it is. Um, the projected sort of thing at least it's seven so far, but I fully expect it could expand yeah we could easily add to it <laughs> who knows that's half the fun isn't it it could be a franchise exactly <laughs> um, so, so yeah so thank you very much bob and thank you to you Stuart. and um we shall chat again on the next episode after we've got the feedback from our two listeners uh yeah they've probably fallen asleep by now yeah true yeah mm. so don't worry about it but, uh, <laughs> we shall catch up very very soon indeed thank you again and have a take care year. sir <laughs> you too bye now bye bye somewhere in space this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come! saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human-cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Healthy eight-year-old girl. 
normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one. Did she do that? What are you gonna do with her? I'll bring her here. So you can do all your tests. And you give her to me. Charlie has the power. Do something bad. Will you still love me? She can set things on fire. Something's happening in there. With just a glance. It is a power she does not want. Stick with him. Daddy, I'm scared. So am I, honey. A power she cannot control. Back up. And each night, she prays to be just like every other child. We haven't got her yet. But there are those who will do everything in their power to find her. Control her. Charlie! And maybe destroy her. Charlie! Come to me, Charlie. Go! You're gonna have to burn it down. I mean, burn it all down. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's Firestarter. Will she have the power to survive? Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. Did you use unnecessary deadly force? I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. You think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one that wants to kill you. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him? Do what you do best. Stallone is Cobra, the strong arm of the law.